An iron curtain has descended across the continent. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hello and welcome to Cold War Consensus. This is John, your host, speaking, and today we'll be finding out how close we actually came pushing the big red button. From the space race to the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Cold War is a war of ideologies as well as economics. We'll be interviewing people who lived through this cold conflict and we'll see how they felt about events at the time and how they see them in hindsight. This is episode one, The Overview. With James Lee Adams. I'm James Lee Adams. I happen to be John's grandfather, but also I have uh, visited in, and worked in Russia four different times, twice before the fall of the uh, Iron Curtain and twice afterwards. Uh, it was very interesting. I had a good friend, Dr. Victor F. Lashinsko. He's the director of Academy of National Economy of Russia and center of international business in Moscow. But he was also a longtime ag attaché to Russian embassy in Washington, D.C. under Anatole F. Dobrynin. Dobrynin was ambassador to the United States from USSR. He was ambassador under presidential ambition, uh, administrations of Johnson, Nixon, Ford, Carter, and Reagan. So quite experienced and quite a powerful guy. He asked uh, Mr. Dobrynin why he thought USSR disintegrated and fell apart. And this is a quote. We took away all hope. In 1917, Lenin told the people that there was no God, therefore no hope for the hereafter. He told them that the communist system would supply all of their material needs in abundance. Their hopes would be filled in this earth, uh, filled on this earth, not in a non-existent heaven. The people were patient. The depression was worldwide in the 1930s. Defeating the Nazi menace was a total focus in the 1940s. They understood the difficulties in delivering an economic miracle. But even the leaders did not realize the growing disparity between the standard of living in the United States and USSR in the 1950s. Chairman Nikita Khrushchev, in his famous kitchen debate with Richard Nixon in 1959, was oblivious to the accomplishments of capitalism, for he argued that the kitchen with stoves, freezer, refrigerators, dishwashers, garbage disposal were designed as some typical American kitchen, were not representative of what the American consumer had or could afford. Later in the same year, Khrushchev was staggered by the sight of thousands of cars on the L.A. freeway on his trip to the United States. He, cannot, he could see this was not some Totemkin village. The scale was too vast. But even then, the people of the Soviet Union were not aware of the failure of the communist system until the 1970s came, and commerce and communications increased exponentially between the two superpowers. The people's eyes were open. They could see on their black and white TVs the extent of economic progress in the United States, and returning visitors verified this message. The Russian leaders had taken away their God and given them no hope after this world, and sadly their hopes have been dashed in this world. The communist system did not deliver. Note, this realization leads to the only decrease in history in the lifespan of a developed nation. Average male lifespans have fallen by 13 years since 1991 female by eight. 
Alcoholism, graft, and suicides are rampant, all classic signs of a nation and people without hope. Even more telling, of eight maternity wards operating in Moscow before 1991, only one operates today, and this was in 1992 when, uh, when I wrote this. How close did we actually come to wiping each other out during the Cold War? Probably the closest we did was during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and that was under John F. Kennedy, when uh, the Russians were putting missiles, short-range missiles, into Cuba. And uh, as I recall, this was probably 1962, October 62. And uh, finally, the Russians blinked because uh, Kennedy told them he would not back down, and uh, they removed their missiles that had been such a threat to us. I was with a, uh, a Russian in Ukraine one time and asked him if he had ever been to Georgia. And he said, yes, I have one time. He said in October 1962, I was in Savannah Harbor on the, on the floor of a Savannah Harbor. And he said, I was in a submarine with my fingers on the buttons. And we had targeted Atlanta and Augusta, where the major army base was, and Fort Benning. And uh, I asked him, I said, would you have mashed the button if I had been told to? He said, yes, I would have. And I said, that's interesting because I was in Atlanta at that time. So we did come very, very close. Did you have to practice getting under your desk in, whenever you were in school like some people had to do? Or did you not have to do that before you graduated? We weren't really uh, a major target. We didn't think in Camilla, Georgia. So, uh, no, we did not get on a desk. But I did have a next-door neighbor, uh, Mr. Peavy, next to you, that put in a bomb shelter. And it was well-stocked, and uh, he was head of a civil defense in this area. But uh, I did see some and go into bomb shelters. Based upon your experiences, what is your advice to the U.S. today? I think we better be aware of the fact that Mr. Putin is a former member of the KGB. And as such, what he wants to do will do anything to uh, achieve their uh, objectives. And his objective is to restore the Russian USSR empire. And the biggest threat right now probably is to the Baltic areas. He would like to take those small countries up in that area and and, uh, bring them back into the Soviet sphere. And that's going to be our biggest danger. You already seen that happen in Ukraine and some other areas that he has gone in and uh, and uh, just just taking over uh, land and uh, space. And uh, this is going to be the biggest threat we have is trying to expand the uh, Russian Empire back to its old base. Licensed by Creative Commons. Music by Purple Planet. Please review us on iTunes. This is John signing off. <laughs>